0: Shalom. This is Rabbi Toma Davis-Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue bringing you a message today called Are You an Inny, I-N-N-Y, or an Outy, O-U-T-Y? Oh, I know what you're thinking already. Remember when your mother waited until the day you would really a uh, special friend over and somehow the conversation turned into the shape of our navels? And of course your mother always blurted out, Oh, you were such a cute baby. Of course you were an outie. And that means you are assertive and confident. Well, if you were confident, that comment most likely changed your life. Well, We're going to talk about this concept of in or out in another way as it relates to the Bible. In Genesis 6, 9 and forward, we learn about a man who was a true outie in a society much like ours today. He lived among a society of idolaters. And you say, that's not the case in our country? Just look around you for a moment. We idolize cars, the opposite sex, money, big houses, large plates of food, toys, the latest computers, and our leisure time to the point of ignoring the Sabbath as God's designated day of rest and separation, and on and on. Now you see what I mean. So who was this guy, this this maverick? Oh, you like that word because we've heard it so much. Well, this real maverick was Abraham. You know, the guy that every Western religion claims as their father and the first of their particular faith, but the one nobody seems to emulate. Yeah, that's the one, Abraham. It's a natural tendency for us to be influenced by those around us, but it takes a special ability to fend off the influence of the society around us. This ability comes from the development and adherence to our system of faith and trust to what we use as the blueprint for our lives. Every soul was given a desire to know our purpose, what truth really is. God put that in our soul when we were created. Unfortunately, this desire gets distorted when we decide in our own wisdom that the truth should be easy and comfortable, totally tolerant and inclusive, that it should always feel good that our truth should be of our own device not from somebody or something telling us what truth really is that's the crux of secular humanism being taught in our schools and our society today that there is no god there is no deity there is no authority and look where we are abraham searched diligently for the truth he took the first step he didn't sit on his laurels and wait for some revelation he looked he searched Then God called him out and separated him from everything familiar. Genesis 12.1 says, Now Adonai said to Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham, Get yourself out of your country, away from your kinsmen, and away from your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. So God took Abraham and isolated him, so that he could separate him from the influences of the world around him and teach him. This is what he did to the Israelites when he brought him out of Egypt. This is what we must do if we're to come to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sometimes God does not require us to undertake such drastic physical measures, but we have to take them mentally, at least, in order to focus on the real truth of who we are, what we are, and what our purpose is during our short time on earth. So Abraham was 75 years old when he was given this command. Unfortunately, his nephew Lot went with him. And here's our first problem. God told Abraham to leave his father's house and kinsmen. This included Lot. But according to Scripture, it was Lot who went, not Abraham who asked him. And according to Jewish teaching, Lot went with his uncle originally because he wanted to learn from him. Lot lost his reverence for Abraham soon after, as we'll see. As Abraham traveled with his entourage, God spoke to him again and told him that, To your offspring I will give this land. It's interesting in the Hebrew that before the word land, the letters that represent Yeshua are given. The Aleph top, that's the beginning and the end of the Hebrew alphabet. And that is what he says about himself. I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. That's in the book of Revelation for Christians or anyone else who says all of these things only have to do with Jews in the Old Testament. Here we can see that Yeshua God is one with a capital O with the land of what will become Israel. Remember that God tells the Israelites that they must build a tabernacle for him, so that he may dwell with them. That's in Exodus 25, 8. This is where we see the command by God for the physical building of the tabernacle. Quote, they are to make me a sanctuary, so that I may live among them. So we can see through the Hebrew that God, Yeshua, the land, Israel, are one. So for those who believe that the Bible says about our bodies and souls being a living sacrifice to God continually really need to think this one through. God had very specific instructions for the physical tabernacle, and he has very specific instructions for our spirituality. If we are to become fit for his service, God found Abraham to be the man for that job. So let's go back to Lot for a moment. In Genesis 12:4, we first saw the sentence that Lot went with him. Unquote. In Hebrew, the phrase is vialek. He told Lot. Later, when Abraham is forced to leave Israel and go to Egypt in order to survive a bitter famine, Lot once again follows Abraham both in his journey to Egypt, as well as in Abraham's return to Israel. Look at the Hebrew text; we're given insight into how Lot was transforming his attitude toward Abraham. The Torah states. Quote, Abraham went up from Egypt with his wife and all that was with him, and Lot was with him. In the English, both words mean "with him," but in Hebrew, the first says ito, while the second one uses the word lemo. In Genesis thirteen two through twelve, we read that Lot and Abraham became wealthy. A dispute arises between Abraham's shepherds and Lot's over the scarcity of the grazing land for their flocks. Abraham tells Lot that they can no longer live together and must separate in order to provide land for both of them. Lot readily agrees. Although Abraham is the elder, he is the wise uncle, it is he who offers Lot his choice in the direction he will go and the land he will choose. We read that when Lot saw the land in the Jordan plain was well watered, he took it for himself instead of offering Abraham his choice first, as it should have been. In Hebrew the word Ito has its word root word et, et the word et is used to precede a subject in order to give emphasis to the subject. In its very essence then et is subordinate. Again this is another interesting parallel. Et that Alif is also Yeshua who subordinated himself to the Father Yahweh. How cool is this? This fact alone should show anyone who believes the Old Testament is no longer valid, that they are not correct. God is consistent, never changing. Everything in the Old Testament is in the refreshed, the so-called New Testament. When Lot was originally with Abraham, he knew his role. Abraham was the wise, talented teacher of hospitality and leadership. Lot at that time was a trusted and able student in order to succeed in virtually anything one has to know his talents and his limitations imagine a nuclear engineer who thinks he's a doctor or imagine a gifted mechanic who thinks he's the ceo such people will not only fail in their dream positions they will also fail in the jobs in which they were truly talented lot went from a proper perspective of ito or subordination to a disastrous one of imo or limo which means i am with you as an equal that's l m o when lot returned from egypt laden with wealth and resources he became limo he no longer viewed himself as subordinate to abraham and like so many in world history his newfound wealth and power destroyed lot's proper perspective he now felt that he would be as important as abraham and this also explains why he ran away at the first opportunity he did not want to have to always look to abraham for guidance and this is the problem today. no one wants to subordinate themselves or subject themselves to the authority of god he no longer wanted a mentor he wanted to be the one to guide and teach he wanted to be the master of his own fate the captain of his own ship even when abraham put his life in danger for lot in the war Lot refused to acknowledge that he owes Abraham everything, for by doing so, he would once again have to see himself as subordinate to Abraham, and he could not bring himself to admit that that reality. Finally, Lot winds up in Saddam, living once again among greedy idolaters of sex and materialism. It's only by God's kindness that he's pulled out before Saddam is destroyed. And I submit to you that I believe that it was only for the sake of Abraham that God was so kind to Lot. And even then, he dallied around, and the angels had to take his hand along with his wife and take them out of Saddam. That's in Genesis 19.16, by the way. Lot was greedy to the core. And we are all Lot at some times. We can be stubborn in our mindsets, fail to admit that the reality of someone who is truly more experienced or knowledgeable that we have in particular areas. It's important to know when to lead, but it's equally important to know when we must subordinate ourselves to others and be happy about the occasional secondary roles. We all have a specific purpose given by God, and we are given everything we need to fulfill our roles. We have to stop striving to be an outie, and thank God if we're chosen to be an Any. One is not superior to the other in God's eyes. It's the obedience to our role that God honors. Our ultimate purpose, and I don't care who you are, is to glorify God and make his name known throughout the world. And how do we do that? We do that by a lifestyle testimony. Not passing out tracts, not jumping down somebody's throat, not trying to proselytize, but by our lifestyle abraham on the other hand was the epitome of hospitality indeed we all need to take lessons from this patriarch because i am a messianic jew i must tell you a little about the prosperity as it relates to jews who follow the torah of god not the traditions of men not the oral torah of rabbinic judaism our prosperity does not depend on the usual factors of economy skill and connections nor the input of friends family or culture our prosperity is God dependent. To survive and prosper, we have to live where God tells us to live and not where we consider best. And we have to do what God tells us instead of following our own judgment regarding options. Lots a great example of what happens when we do these things. And I tell you that if any true believer follows this prescription, they will prosper just as did Abraham. God does not promise wealth, but he does promise our needs will be met if we follow his lead. Remember, he said, even the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, but he will clothe us and feed us. This is quite a promise. Look around you today at the number of people who do not have their basic needs met. God promises provision if we follow his commands, statutes, and regulations out of love. Just one place in the torah the bible is leviticus eighteen four through five and look at john chapter fourteen for those who throw away the old testament it's in the new also in the command of lech god informs abraham that he does not need to be concerned about the physical universe it will always adapt itself to god's system as long as abraham is occupied with his task of service to god and glorifying his name and that has not changed This is our purpose. Notice I said the service to God and glorifying his name. The majority are out for themselves today, and I think it's a sad testimony to where we are when we see good deeds and benevolent people making the news when that should be the norm. We're not here for our own pleasure any more than Abraham was here for his. Remember that if we claim Abraham as our father or patriarch, we are all bound by the God that he followed no room for darwinian evolution or dissolution of god in this world folks there is no true security to be found in search for physical survival during our short lifespan on earth we can't hide in the mountains we can't hide on the ocean we can't build a giant fortress and expect to make it it's by the power of god we're here to train for his service and glory so that we may enter the kingdom of heaven when we stand before him one day, and we will. In issuing the command, lek le Ka get out, that means, God freed Abraham and his descendants from the tyranny of narcissism and provided the opportunity to focus our efforts on the development of our souls. We are invited to invest our energy in the area not confined by the physical body or the rigid rules that dominate our world. The only area where God left an opening for the introduction of novice thinking. So why did God offer a great reward to Abraham only? It's because he searched out the ruler of the universe. Those who call Yeshua Jesus remember the famous scripture that says, Seek and ask and knock and it will be given to you. And that doesn't mean a corvette or a big house or anything else. It means that the things of God, the wisdom, the knowledge will be given to you. When he came to the conclusion that idolatry was foolish, he initiated an aggressive campaign against it in hopes of bringing people to a monotheistic belief in God. He was the first to take on an effort to glorify God's name. And this was long before we had the Torah. He was not a Jew, by the way, Christians. He was a follower of God. He was called Ivri, the other side crossing over. Abraham took this on voluntarily and single-handedly. He had no previous example to guide him in this transformation of thought and soul. He was a true outie. Many use the verse found in Genesis 15:6 as an argument that belief in God is all we need to obtain salvation. But if you simply read the entire story of Abraham, just simply read it, you will find that he was a doer and not just a thinker. In fact, the Hebrew language is one of action and not just profession or thought. His belief consisted of trust. Trust is a living thing. It's a living thing, following, worshipping, emulating. It's not a profession. And it's faith that God would honor his promises and works. Not our faith, but faithfulness in Yeshua's sacrifice. Faith in God. He left his familiar surroundings. He trusted God would provide a sacrifice when he was commanded to take Isaac's life. And Isaac was no child, as taught in Christianity. He was a 37-year-old man. He could have easily overwhelmed Abraham. But he submitted to his father's will, just as Yeshua submitted to the father's will. He was faithful to the 11th hour. He trusted God as his shield, his protector. Also often missed is the command found in Genesis 17:9, where God tells Abraham, you are to keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, generation after generation. This is for anyone who calls themselves a true believer and not just for Jews, as we're told all the time. You can't get out of it, Christians, or anybody else who says that. If we claim Abraham is our patriarch, and as the Christian song says, God, uh, God made Abraham and he had many followers or many sons. I am one of them, so are you, blah, blah, blah. Then where's the following? Here is my covenant which you are to keep, between me and you, along with your descendants after you. Every male among you is to be circumcised. And later in the refreshed, renewed covenant Christians call the New Testament, Yeshua tells us that, quote, circumcision is indeed of value if you do what Torah says. But if you are a transgressor of the Torah, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the Torah, won't his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Indeed, the man who is physically uncircumcised but obeys the Torah will stand as a judgment on you who have been circumcised and have Torah written but have violated it. For the real Jew is not merely Jewish outwardly. True circumcision is not only external and physical on the contrary the real jew is one inwardly and the true circumcision is of the heart spiritual not literal so that his praise comes not from other people but from god and then he goes on then what advantage has the jew and we're talking biological jews here what is the value of being circumcised much in every way In the first place, the Jews were entrusted with the very words of God. That's in Romans 2, 25 through 28, chapter 3, 1 and 2. That's to show folks who read these scriptures need to understand there are advantages for those biological Jews who kept the Abrahamic covenant and got circumcised, and those who have not been physically circumcised but are circumcised of the heart, that is, being reconciled to Yeshua through obedience and following God's commands, are equally found to be righteous. But that is not a once-saved-always-saved idea. It is a journey, a race to win the prize, as Rabbi Shaul, or Paul, said. I brought this subject up to show you that God requires our hearts, our souls, and our resources. That is in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 11. If we are to be considered obedient servants, as was Abraham before Torah was ever written, and I'm talking about the instructions of God again, I am not talking about the oral Torah, the traditions of men that Yeshua and Paul spoke against. That's where Christians are mistaught again. And that can be laid on the Christian clergy. For him to have searched out and trusted a God he knew nothing about before that time is truly stepping out of the comfort zone. That's what we need to do. We need to step out of our comfort zone, as did Abraham, and trust God to lead us. And we need to search and learn his Torah so that we know that it is God leading us and not Satan or his disciples. Indeed, many today who have the benefit of history and the entire Torah don't believe it. They don't follow it or rewrite it to their liking. That's what they tend to do, and it has been misinterpreted, with the King James Version being the most interpreted version of God's Torah. I hope this message prompts you to think before you claim Abraham as the ancestor of your faith. If you do, and you do not follow God as he did, it's time to make a U turn and do as he did as an outie. Do not remain greedy and selfish, reluctant to leave. Saddam, le lekha, get out. Shalom.